0: up everyone welcome back to another episode of the source of zeal podcast on this episode we're going to be talking really it's going to be us from source i'm going to give you a bit of a recap of what we've been doing for the past couple months since our last solo episodes we're also going to go through some of the previous episodes that just went up and then kind of see what we've been thinking of doing moving forward so i hope y'all enjoy So really this episode, we're gonna be catching up on each of us here at Source of Zeal. So first I'm gonna start off with Blue, kind of what you've been doing since the last time we spoke with you.
1: Um, since the last time we spoke, there's a lot of things that's happened in terms of for me and the community that in which I was building with the artists. Uh, I moved all the way out to Fort Washington, um, I started doing. We started doing different things with Visual Society, which is a collective of artists where we do brush battles all throughout the DMV area. I had an art show out in Tampa, done some traveling, and before everything hit, was planning my art show um, in Philly for November of this year.
0: Outside of those, were, were there any other like events or like companies that you've like started up or anything of that nature?
1: So we have Visual Society, which is with uh, myself and Jess. And then we also partner with Corinto Gallery and Adams Morgan. And then there's a collective of artists where we've been getting together. We had a whole tournament um, of artists competing head to head with Brush Battles. Um, also with Lizzie Lindsay um of art artistic alchemy the two of us have done a retreat over in haiti uh the end of last year and then we followed that up with our art show in tampa called gods and angels
0: been busy so then chris what have you been doing since the last time we talked to you since we last we've talked on the episodes
2: yeah no i'll definitely share what i've been doing but i've got questions i was actually I was laughing because when Blue said he moved all the way out to Fort Washington, like if you're from this area, you get, you get the shade, but also I'm from Fort Washington from way back when. So it's like, I was almost laughing at myself, but um, obviously we know what Blue has been up to, but before we switch to me, I was just curious, could you talk more about like what visual was doing specifically like the battles? Because that really did take off. And it was really cool just to see that go from concept and then the number of battles that you guys actually did. But just letting people know, like, what did that entail? And what did you think of the experience? Or what have you thought of the experience thus far?
1: So that was literally, again, that was us trying to, Jess and myself, trying to find a way to build community within the art world. Um, We saw a lot of issues that we're plaguing the artists in in the DMV area in terms of with not really getting good representation and not having something where we can kind of hone our skills and also get appreciated for our skills. And a lot of times we had to pay um, to actually do certain things in terms of with our time, as well as with our resources. So what we tried to do was create something where the artists didn't have to come out of pocket much, um, where we covered 90 to almost a hundred percent of, the supplies, um, and all the artists had to do was just bring themselves and show up. And so we did that all throughout the the DMV with the different festivals that were going on um, from Admo Day all the way to uh, T-Con, which was at the convention center. Then we partnered up with Carinto Gallery, which is in Adams Morgan, and we were hosting battles throughout there where we kind of literally have a format where the artists were, were go head to head, have no clue what they were going to be creating with similar supplies. And we kind of give them a topic and then just have them ha- have at it for about an hour or so. Um, and so that community actually started to build. And as we started to get more consistent with it, more momentum, we kind of got worked out a lot of the kinks and ended the ended last year on a high note, um, with crowning the champion, um, of our tournament, received a belt and everything. And then the prize for that champion was a solo art show, um, which we were in the works of having, and we were supposed to have in March, but that's like when everything really hits. So we had to kind of pull the plug on all of that.
0: Yeah. I remember, I remember going to a couple of the, of the battles. They were for sure, it was it was a different type of event. Never, I mean, I've personally never been to a lot of art events, but I know going to the art battles. It was it was real. It's a real good experience seeing how one the artists create their work, and two how creative they are to to like create everything that they did in such a short amount of time. Because I like I said on my end, uh, the creativity is is. Kind of limited when it comes to the drawing aspect, but I mean for sure the events and the battles for sure were real real cool event to be to be a part of to watch.
2: Yeah, I think the whole being able to watch that live just just reiterating like we obviously when we look at the final product, you understand how talented creatives are. but when you get to sit there stand there because like I think back to definitely we went to the one at Admo Day. And then the one that I went to before that was, which city was that? Was that that was over the line in Maryland, or was that still on the DC side? That was at I the think other it gallery. Was it wasn't Corinto? Hydesville, right?
1: Yeah, that one was in Heightsville.
2: That was That's in Heightsville. yeah, yeah. So being able to to watch, it was it was two different sides though, because the Hydesville one, it was more of that team base. Um, they had more space in the, in the way of being able to communicate with each other before doing their drawing. And then, of course, he threw in the um, there were some challenges in there just to kind of get them off their feet and whatnot. But just being able to watch how talented people are live. I mean, most of, if not um, all of them, they didn't know that they were going to be doing like a battle that day at Admo Day versus at the Hyattsville one. Like they were really prepping for it. They're really excited to do it. So a lot of the entertainment at least for me was being able to like see everyone get the same prompt, but then watch the gear start turning or let should say start churning and each everyone's head. And then like at the end of the day or at the end of the time, like they actually have a, a cool product, which that was really entertaining to me as someone who's also a non-creative. Um, but how would you say, I guess as a non-creative again, but how would you say the art community here in dc in particular is different in the sense of how they like network how they come together versus for example where you're originally from from in philly which i know you're still close you're still close to that that community but what would you say is like the biggest bigger differences or just how they work together or maybe even lack thereof, where the opportunities are and things of that nature
1: so I I would say from my experience, I know growing up in Philly, art was everywhere and the artists had a, a sense of community and it was a lot of crossover between performing artists and visual artists and, and and different things that happened within the city. The whole city is plastered full of murals and different things. Um, so that's where I came from. When I came to to the DMV area, and when I started to really get ingrained into the art community, um, there is a lot of. It's very small, and then there's a lot of clicks. Or so, yeah. It's very small, and it's a, it's a lot of clicks. I think the the most, I guess, the the biggest difference is the fact of um, there's not necessarily a solid uh, identity yet with the art. In the in the DMV area, so it's still mm-hmm. I would say fairly young, and it has the but that's not a bad thing. That's actually a good thing because it's literally um, just waiting for someone or a group of people to really put their stamp down as to this is what makes uh, the DMV unique. This is why people need to travel to us for the arts, and I think that's what a lot of us were kind of. With similar concepts, with similar minds, we're trying to figure out a way to create that now in this area so that people can stop traveling farther up north or stop traveling down to Florida or even Cali to to for these major art events and we can just start pitting major art events in the DMV area.
0: Mm. That is true. Uh, I mean... With these, with the art battles, how have you seen? Well, I guess with that connection, most of the battles have been with the local artists, or it's been a mix of artists as well.
1: Um, I would say most of them, if not all of them, have been with the local artists. Um, our plans were to actually start to travel with it this year. Um, we had plans on going down to Atlanta and up to Philly to do it. Uh, we might have to just push that back to next year. Um, the way everything is looking, but yeah, our plans were to first get everything honed um, in this area and then to have a group of us from this area go and represent in other locations so that then people understand that when it comes to artists being able to think on their feet and being able to be um, creative in any environment, that was pretty much the the fingerprint you would have of the DMV area. So then people would start coming down to us to kind of get that experience firsthand.
0: True, I will say this though. Um, I wanted to bring it up before, but you went on that. But I will say from that Heightsville, because I was there at the Heightsville event, to the couple events that I went to in uh, Adams Morgan, we did. I did also see like the the improvement of just like how things went from one level to the next level, and kind of see how everything came together, especially what Chris said it at the Adams Morgan. Uh, at the Adams Morgan event, that one for sure was a real a really good one, especially with it being such a hectic day. I mean ad Admiral Day is a crazy day no matter what, but um for sure the art battle has grown. Um and then due to everything that's happening now, we see, you know, it has been postponed, but it does sound like there's still plans to keep it growing from now on.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, we've been trying to test out, uh, like trying to do a couple live live um, on, on IG live battles. I know Jess was spearheading that. Uh, we've done a test run of that. So we kind of trying to see how we can create that and still keep it very engaging for the audience and make it worthwhile for the artists as well.
2: How'd you meet Jess, by the way?
1: So the way Jess and I met were was through um, Kiana, who's another artist, uh, and, and Roger, who's another D, uh, DMV artist. Um, we had came together to do an art show called the Harlem Fine Art Show um, a couple years back uh, downtown DC.
2: Yeah, and, that was in um, Northeast. Which building was that? Because that's the one uh, Mike and I yeah. came to, no?
1: Correct, 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 yeah.
2: So that was like 2017.
1: Yeah. Somewhere around there. Yeah. So we met there. Um, it was, again, it was a group show and we were all showcasing as a, as a collective, but really as individuals who just kind of like helped each other out. So that's pretty much how we start. We started everything. Um, I think I believe it was in 2018, um, when, when all that happened. Um, and she happened to be one of the artists there I was showcasing with Lindsay, um, who I do artistic alchemy with. And we kind of hit it off in terms of like, just sharing similar viewpoints in terms of with the art. Um, then uh, Jess had a connection to do um, something at another location and we wanted to pitch some type of entertainment art there. Um, and so then the idea came up uh, for doing a, a battle and so I think the very first one was uh, Jess and myself, um, mainly because the other artists, nobody really wanted to step up. And so Jess kind of said, so is anybody interested? And so I kind of stepped up and she, since nobody else, she stepped up and then we kind of did a battle of the two of us. And then after doing that, we sat down and was like, all right, you know what? This, we might be onto something. Let's find a way that we can take what we've gained from this experience and share this with, uh, with other artists and then that's pretty much how everything was was birthed through that
2: what was it that made you want to just step up though like what was was it that you had just been around her enough was it just the concept like what was it that made you say like someone has to to move into this to make it happen like why why move so
1: i'm i'm very big on um like I, I'm big on community. So I'm big on building a community in a community of like-minded people. And I have a high level of people who are willing to pit and work. And just from like the, the little bit of time I had spent with her up until then, I realized that she was a person who wasn't afraid to work. And in her mind, she was going to find a way to make the art thing work. And she was going to do everything that it took to do that. And so I, I had a high level of respect for that. And so for that, I didn't mind pitting and work alongside her um to kind of help get that get that going and so Mm -hmm. we were sitting there nobody else was stepping up and i'm like i've never i'm an athlete i've been very competitive my whole life so i'm never going back down from a challenge and so i said hey why not and so then that's pretty much how that started Mm
2: -hmm. that makes sense it would be real awkward though if you said that you weren't in the community
1: you (laughs) said what yeah
2: (laughs) that would be real uncomfortable
1: Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no for sure. Yeah, so then I mean I mean, I remember all of them. I know the one that I do remember vividly was where was it? The one over here in Clinton. Um uh, what was happening on that one? Is
2: that the one the church? Was that a different? Yes.
0: One? Yes, the church one. I remember that one cuz there was a lot happening that day at that event. Um but I remember he had that one and I would say I won a piece of art at that one. So that's why I like that one because I can't
2: remember.
1: <laughs> oh, I do I do remember that one. All right. So that one was the one we did um with uh I believe we partnered with uh the DMV League and um and a couple other organizations and I was thinking it was LW Designs another uh, organization out of the D- the DMV area um, we park we partnered with them and we came in to just do uh, they had i think it was a Christmas bazaar or Christmas fair so it was artists all over the place with different types of art forms and different things and that's when we had a full stage and uh, it was like a little bit of comedy and stuff to that one um, yeah mm-hmm. that was that was done that was that was a fun one.
2: So I guess since I sidestepped the questions to what I've been doing, <laughs> I can go back to that. I guess since I did my solo episode, which was February 2019, um, just a lot of work and a lot of the full-time full time gig of just being in consulting, working primarily with uh, health systems and healthcare providers, which over the past month and a half has been a trip, but last year doing a lot of travel, I went from doing like maybe 10% of my week of travel to then ramping that up to 80% of my week being on an airplane or being on the Amtrak, just working with clients and um, doing that whole nine. And then still being involved with the nonprofit, Bite back, I'm a board member. So uh, I've been meeting with some of their, their staff members of, just figuring out what are some initiatives where I could be helpful doing the board meetings, um, doing a little bit of just fundraising and whatnot. They have an awesome mission that I know I've told both of you guys about, but I I definitely would suggest anyone to look into bite back or send a message and I'll be happy to tell you more about them too. But I guess the biggest portion or the biggest part of my 2019 was buying a, a new house, which that was like, that was a lift of just trying to find the right place here in in the D.M.B. Really focused on living in D.C., but then we just realized it made a lot more sense to live in Virginia because you know the economic the economics didn't make a lot of sense. Like we really want to be in D.C., but I guess we don't really have that D.C. money. That makes a lot of sense. But um, yeah, I, mean, it's, I remember I remember you talking
0: about that and how stressful all that was.
2: Yeah, I mean the, the it came down to you for what we ended up paying for the home we live in now. We would just because we got into DC, but literally at best we've been half the size. Some in some respects, a quarter of the size. Where it's like it's just really hard to to make that make that type of decision. And I think what I didn't realize is that where you live or changing where you live so drastically has such an impact on just what relationships look like with not only friends, but with family, whether it's just your normal interactions, whether it's emergencies and whatnot. So I think this past, this past uh, experience, which I've been fortunate enough that um, I've gone through the home ownership process before, but this time around knowing what I knew because of my first experience, like having the holistic approach was really helpful. And I think it also had me think of like, where, how does, my home location and then dictate my work location. Like I said before, I travel a lot, so I don't actually have an office that I go to. I work from home or I work from an airport or I work at my client's place for the most part. And then every now and then I pop into a WeWork, but like how does the home location then impact like my sense of, of community like we, we were discussing before it can't only be about the place attachment or you know where you are, but just what's important to me and then how do I support those that are already doing the work of what's important to me. Um, and then just coming into the latter part of last year and then now the first half of this year, really taking a different look at what we're doing as a group here collectively, some of the guests, some of the directions. I think, Mike, the few episodes that you've done recently have been really, really cool to uncover what others are doing here, not only the causes that they're really into, but just like how they're doing it. And then Mm -hmm. on the other side, like the work piece that I've been doing this year of of refining and expanding my own coaching um, business, which I have a couple clients been working with some community colleges of just helping students and then professionals really understand like what they're really talented in and refining their, their professional development opportunities and whatnot. So it's like, working full time and then building these two startups. But fortunately on the startup side, as it should be, it's it's doing the stuff that I actually love doing and what I actually have a passion around. So it doesn't really feel like work, but it's crazy to think that we had done our solo episodes over a year ago. Like we're really pushing towards a year and a half pretty soon. So it's uh, it's been wild.
0: It feels more like five years. How much yeah. has happened between the time? Uh, I know with you know you doing a lot. You were doing a lot of travel last year, and then also starting up your own thing and a lot of movement. Mm-hmm. You know how has it been? Kind of adjusting to basically just staying still for like it's, the past two months.
2: It's insane, honestly. Like it it took a lot to get used to traveling all the time, and then probably the first week that this pandemic really hit where we were talking about it on the news and then uh, the federal government was starting to really get around to it and then some states were quicker than others if you think back to like Washington of uh, the the issues that they were initially having California obviously New York City I had basically stopped my travel a week prior to really things being shut down or being locked down um, and it was great because everyone is like, oh, you get to travel. That's so cool. That's so cool. Listen, traveling is, is great. But when you have to live out of a suitcase, when you are constantly just in an airport or in a hotel and just going from hotel to airport, so on and so forth, like it gets old real quick. So when I had the discretion, fortunately, just of the, the type of job I have to just not travel as much, it was great at first. Probably by the second week, which is really when like we started to be locked down, it was really difficult to get used to in the sense of my work and my responsibilities are really hinged on having interactions and being able to physically see what's happening within hospitals, within uh, medical offices, and being able to to work with people of understanding like the data that they're getting from um, from patients and whatnot. So, um, being able to Like I said before, like I have a home, so I'm very fortunate in that, right? But it was also just difficult being able to transition from, I got to go be with people or I have to go talk to certain groups to just, I have to do the same job, but I have to do it over the phone. And then of course, as things started to get even worse, like I I didn't talk to, to my clients as much as I did or in a lot of respects because things were just so serious and so severe they they want to talk about things differently like i think there was probably more it felt like more therapy sessions of just giving letting them have an opportunity a breather for 30 to 60 minutes away from um you know the madness of what was happening in their emergency departments and whatnot to really talking about how do we make sure like employees are okay how do we make sure that we're doing this as safely as we can my teams and i were just making sure that they were okay like they're seeing a lot they're doing a lot they're working all hours at this point. So it, it definitely has been a transition. And like, that doesn't even, that's just from a work aspect. Right. When you think about <laughs> like interactions with family and friends and whatnot, like I, I, I told you guys earlier today, like I just saw my parents for the first time in seven weeks. And usually I go see them every weekend just cause we're, we, we all live in the DMV. So, you know, that's been a really big shift in transition because, um, I of course want to make sure that they're they're doing okay. And then one of my parents wasn't feeling well. Fortunately, she doesn't have COVID, but um, obviously, a month ago it was like it was it was a concern. So it's it's been changing things a lot.
0: For sure, that that has been the major thing. I know the parents were always at, at least mine. I see them. I've seen them a bit more, but it's always been like. At least my mother will always text me, like, so when are you coming over? Like, like, how are you doing? And it's kind of tough to be like, well, I I can't go this week or, you know, I'm going to try to do it next week. Just even see them. But, I mean, I know that as just adjusting to everything that is happening is no one I'm thinking. It's a simple move. And especially is constantly in the air, constantly moving. I think all of us have been that way for the past year, probably for the past two years, I would say, just mm-hmm. with everything that we've been doing is we've just been moving every week. And you don't realize how much you do until you stop. And you're like, wow, like every day I'm either this place, or I'm have to go here. I'm going there. My travels, you know, you realize how small it is how long your commute is. You realize, you know, that forty five minutes to that hour, at least from my perspective. Like,
1: I think I think there's another thing yeah. to add to that as well. Too is that all the work that we're doing um, to help with strengthening and building certain uh, communities and certain aspect of community. I think it's easy for us to forget to actually be able to spend time and appreciate that community until you're forced that you can't actually be in that space. And so I think this was, has been a time where it's literally stopped and put everything on pause. So now you have to spend more time and it allows you to really appreciate the things that actually matter versus the things that you think matter.
2: True. For sure. Yeah. I think we've, we as a people have struggled and continue to struggle with being present. And like this, this pause has forced most of us to be present. And even in that right, I always wonder, like, how is this going to change what we know to be the normal cadence of life moving forward? Because I feel like there's, there are different groups. There's some people who say life as we, as we knew it is completely gone. There are others, which I think I'm more in this category that say things will change, but things will go back um, a lot to how it used to be. And then there are others that just solely see where we are as its own, um, outlier. Like we're home right now, we're in the house for the next, however many weeks or so. But once that's lifted, like it's going to be exactly how it was before we had this, the shelter and stays, if your state has a shelter and stay. And I think those people to a degree, they're, they're kind of setting themselves up for failure in the sense of, they, they're lacking a presence and they're lacking the reality of like, this is serious, things are gonna have to change because we want to get through this, but we also wanna avoid this from happening again. And I kind of worry about those individuals to be honest with you, um, just because there's only so much Netflix and Amazon Prime <laughs> that you can run through over like two months span, like at some point just come to grips of this, not only can this happen, like it is happening. Like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I, I'm biased for sure. Just being in, being in healthcare for the last year plus of working with the nurses and doctors and administrators and all that, it's like, there are a lot of cases that didn't actually have to be in hospital beds had they heated the warning that this was real and, and to take precautions. But I agree with you, Blue Light. There's... Once you are forced to take that pause, I would hope, you know, at least I'm going to try to carry this me personally for years to come. It's like I'm going to start making myself take the pause and really appreciate where I am and have a little more presence to to my life. Yeah,
1: no, I think I, I, I second it as well, too. Like, I'm going to try to make sure that that's my mission where um, I, I take that pause and I'm, and I'm more present and I kind of do away with the stuff that's just kind of taking up space and taking up time. Um, so I think in quiet times, just like in meditation, that's a time to reflect and like really work on you so that the better you become, the better the group can be. For
0: sure. Yeah. Same thing. I mean, it's just, you just have more time to think about everything. You realize what you realize, what's more important. Um, and same thing. I, I don't think, I don't think things will ever go back to normal, Per se, because I think in behind, you know, at least for me, in the back of my mind, I'm always going to think, you know, everything that occurred, all this that we've gone through, and I'm not going to lie, just how everything has been, in a sense, organized, it makes it better. In a for, and I don't know how to, this may sound weird, but like I went to the store the other day, and just how organized it was to get in and out of the store, like I felt. I went in and out faster than if I did if I were to put it just went in normally and everything like that. So I think mm. this has given us a, a chance to one organize our own lives, prioritize what's most important. Um, you know whether it is connections with family, connection with friends, um, loved ones, all of that, and then also I think it just gives us a chance to organize outside. You know organize our work, organize what you know outside of our work what. What we're going to spend our time on.
2: I hear you on that. I think I've also had, because of the work that we do and just our backgrounds of being communal and being volunteers and whatnot, there came a point where I kind of got over myself of, again, sitting in, you're doing doing the Netflix thing, you're on social, you're doing the Zooms, Google Hangouts and all that stuff, which is cool it got me thinking of like, there is, is clear cut to me that I'm, and all of us really, we are blessed to be in the positions that we are in, that we are impacted, but we are not severely impacted with what's happening in the sense that there are, there are still homeless people out. There are still individuals who have uh, health conditions that ordinarily, they may be seeing like a provider day in and day out that they can't do that in the same way or they can but it puts them at a higher risk. We've already seen the statistics that um, like domestic violence aspects, or or I should say, um, cases of domestic violence have increased because of course, we're in shelter and stays. So there's more you're in closer proximity and, and for longer periods of time before those that are experiencing it right now or have been at risk to be with their abuser right now. Like I think about those things. It's like, it's so difficult because we we already knew about it and we were trying to like do our part of your supporting a specific nonprofit. If you were doing donations and whatnot, but it's like that issue has become so much realer because there really isn't anywhere for them to go to mitigate the risk or to like release some tension in, in those situations. And so I know like Mike, I know, for your role and for your job, that's more or less uh, the arena that you play in because of the grants that you assist with. It has to do with, you know, violence against women and things of that nature. But I'm just saying, like it's it's made me think about those individuals a lot more. Like at some point when I felt like I was getting bored or getting like stir crazy in the houses, I just told myself, get over it, because you're you're good. Like for the most part, you're fine. And just keep thinking about others that may not be in the same position that I'm in.
0: For sure, yeah. I mean, my my nine to five, I mean, going into kind of what I've been doing and since we let since my last uh solo in my solo episode, you know, my nine to five, you know, we've seen just the the grantees that we work with, the organizations that we work with and everything, they're still They're still up and going. They're still active. They're still busy because there has been an increase in those in those type of things like domestic violence and everything of that nature. And even they have they had to adjust. Uh, They had to adjust how they how are they able to provide services? How are they able to get, you know, get these individuals that need assistance? but they can't go outside or they can't, you know, they can't go into a shelter because they have to shut down the shelter. So it's been very interesting to see how they've been able to make adjustments um, and how we've been also been able to help them adjust to everything that needs to be done. But in addition to that, since I lasted my episode, it's been, it's been busy. I've been working on SOURCE. In addition to working alongside with my father with Sterling Accounting, and that's been actually getting steadily busy with dad and just getting myself more in tune with dad, getting a better understanding of how that run, running a business itself, it's a lot, but it's been a real big time for me to learn. Um, In addition to that, just studying and just working. I think this past year, Again, like I said, when sitting down you realize how busy you are. I didn't realize like I had I was doing so many things that, you know, when you sit down and you write it down, it was like I actually did all this within the past year, you know, outside of working with my pod source nine to five. Um also like what Chris said, I joined Bite Back in the sense of like the next gen council um part of the soul program and doing like the emerging leaders. And that's just helping, you know, giving them ideas, just helping them out, getting those organizations big. And then at the same time, trying to keep myself active with the running and basketball and stuff like that. And you don't realize it until you, like I said before, you sit down and you're like, I can't believe I was able to be actively doing all that. And then at the same time, trying to keep a social life, Trying to keep yourself from just being, you know, just in the house and work and trying to, you know, keep up with friends, keep up with family. So this past year, it's been, it's been hectic, but I think it's also, I've learned a lot. I think I was able to understand more of myself. And since we've been on the shutdown, since we've had to really stay home, which for myself, I didn't really see it as an issue because... I don't mind being home most of the time, but I think it gave me a chance to really understand what do I need to focus my time on? What should I devote my day to? Because being home, I realized, okay, how much time am I spending on this? How much time am I spending on that? And kinda of adjusting it and realizing, okay, I shouldn't be wait I shouldn't be doing this. I should, you know, use that time to whether it is improve myself, whether it is through like meditation or um different types of exercises or stuff like that. Or should I just go down and focus on source, you know, getting it back active, becoming more engaged, whether it is virtually, and then also just, you know, communicating with family and everything. I think since we've been in shutdown, I usually also talk with my New York family on a regular. I'm usually up there every other month. But this is the first time we've all got on. We all got on a Zoom call, which I realized this, that was probably the first time everyone in that call has been together. I think it's been a year or so. Mm. Something like that. I think everybody that was on that call, I think right before, no, scratch that, less than that, because we, one of them had like a baby shower. So we were all there for the baby shower. But prior prior to like, other than that baby shower, like our entire family, a lot of times when I'm up there, we usually don't get together. And then, you know, because of what's happening, we realized, you know, we started talking to each other. Everybody texts each other at least every other week or so. We got a group chat. So everybody just hits up there, like, you know, what they're doing, how their family, how their kids. So I think, it, like I said before, you know, and I'll continue to say it. I think this, these times is where you sit down and think what's important to you. You're able to understand, you know, what do you need to devote your time to, whether it is you say, all right, I just need to devote more time to family because, you know, I've been so busy, so hectic. I failed to realize, you know, I need to, I haven't really talking to family members. So I think that has been like the biggest thing that I've learned from this past year and these past couple months.
2: I think there's like a real distinct school. There's two distinct schools of thought where it's like you either believe that right now you should be refining a skill, learning a new skill, getting ahead of your, getting ahead and trying to like achieve your goals. And then there's the other where it's like, it's cool to not do anything. To just take this for what it is. I think it's like a real distinct. You're either one or the other. I don't. I don't really have a direction on either of those. I feel like for me personally, every other day can dictate which of those categories I fall into. But mm-hmm. man, what do you guys think of that?
1: Man, yeah, so I definitely think I've had this talk with family and different people about um, that should everybody be busy or should everybody be stopping? And I think for me, it's similar to you where I think it's it's a, it's a day-to-day um, decision. I feel like now it's the more present you become, you realize that each day will require a different type of mindset and a different type of motion. So if you have been moving nonstop, maybe taking the time to just stop and appreciate the things in front of you is what's needed. If you've been doing nothing and just kind of, just kind of floating past life, maybe this is the time that you sit down and focus because everybody else is stopping. And so I think it just really depends on what mood and how you're feeling and what's needed for that day. I think being honest with that and really making um, that a, a, a game time decision, I think is, is more valuable to, you as a whole.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. It's been like a day to day thing. Cause some days I would literally do nothing. Like I'll do my nine to five, I'll clock in, do that. And as soon as I log off, I'm like, yeah, like nothing's happening. And then other days I just get a, like a jolt of like motivation and stuff. And I just start working on different things and you know, it's, it's tough. I do agree with that, that it is tough. Cause sometimes you feel like, man, I have all this free time. I shouldn't be wasting it. So let me utilize it to the best of my abilities. But also at the same, at the same time, you're thinking like, I've never, you know, we've never gone through this before. Like this is something new. This is unprecedented. So do you, that motivation, what's if, you know, you get to me personally, sometimes I get those days where it's like, why am I doing all this? Like, why am I trying to like learn a new skill and all that? Like I, I don't know when are we going to be able to go back outside. So like, when am I going to use this skill or something of that nature? So I think it's day to day, like how you said, blue is just kind of evaluated within yourself and kind of see how it goes from there. But yeah. Um, so then, I mean, with that, I mean, we've we talked about kind of what we've been doing. I wanted to get your thoughts on the past couple episodes, kind of see what were your thoughts on the on? Let's see what were the last few episodes that we did. The episodes with Damon, the episodes with mm-hmm. Simone. Um, those were the last two episodes that we did these past couple of weeks. Kind of just get what were your thoughts on those, and kind of see where we we'll go from there.
2: Yeah, I think it, it it really both of those episodes, I think have embodied what we have been building toward. For our brand in the sense of we have our pillars or we have our areas of interest that we believe really make up community engagement and how to how to measure it how to uh, build it how to sustain it and those two individuals and the work that they're doing I think just really embodies the fact that we don't just choose one area or we don't just choose a certain level that uh a need or a cause has to be for us to really highlight it. I think with Damon, the work that he's doing within the homeless population, or I should say within the population that's experiencing homelessness, um, the type of experience that he had prior to starting this work and really having his nonprofit, I think was really cool as far as I'm concerned. As the two of you know, I'm all about the origin story. I always think that it is most advantageous that other individuals see how did this company or this nonprofit or this person get to the point where they said, I need to be the one that leads helping others or helps bring attention to an issue that's occurring. I think the way that he laid out and really explained his background, his history of how and why he's doing the important work that he's doing right now was really cool. I, I think there are, it's probably one of the more unique backgrounds, one of the unique stories to get from point A to point B. And we've done blog posts and we, the three of us together and individually have done our volunteerism towards combating homelessness, particularly in DC, but in other cities. So I think that really resonated. I really like Simone's as well, because it's the other flip of that coin in the sense of that's someone who really has a passion for um, learning and meeting, or I should say meeting and learning about new people and It's not just about the stories, but it's like she got to a point of having a podcast because she noticed of what was just an intervention of like waiting of catching the train and and waiting to waiting out a commute home. She really saw the value and really got to feel an appreciation of sitting down and just talking to people. You know, what makes my words and not hers, but she basically was saying, what makes your brain light up? Like, what are you really interested in and where are you trying to take this? And so being able to have someone on, on our podcast of saying you don't always have to be out to conquer the, the world's biggest issues as much as if you have an idea or if you're really interested in learning about other people like that is a passion in and of itself. And there's a lot that you can then learn. And I like the way that she she has her podcast put together. And I think the conversation that you two have was was just really entertaining.
0: Both of those interviews, I mean, talking to both of those individuals, I mean, it was great talking to them. Um, Damon's backstory, I didn't know any of it. Uh, re- real unique, uh, real surprising. It was great to hear. And I think the same thing with Simone. It was just getting that perspective of someone, just meeting other individuals, learning about them. I think that gives like that sense of connection with other people. You know, you meet these people. Especially here in the DMV area, there is a lot of that, you know, networking, happy hour, um, just meeting different people, you know, throughout your day, throughout your job. You know, back when we were just out and about, you know, you just bump into people. Hey, how you doing? This dad, this is what I do, you know, and it's just so fast and so short. Sometimes there's certain people that we remember that we click and other people, unfortunately, you know, you, you know, c- goes in and goes out. But um, just her to have that ability to start a podcast on that aspect of just having those conversations with people and learning about them, I think it's real unique it and real nice.
1: No, I kind of agree I, uh, with, with both of you. I think it was nice to have um, an interview where you're talking to someone else who's doing something similar to what what we're doing. And you guys can kind of like have that that dialogue of going back and forth and and, and kind of talking about what makes your perspective of what makes what you guys bring that's that's different or individual to the table and how really both things are are needed for for the community and for us to moving forward
2: i think what i specifically like about each of them is or like from the episode what i really took from it was for for damon i really love his candor and the fact that he's so open and honest where he just has the line straight up of, I had no intentions of creating the organization I created. Just like in, in the way that we have Source of Zeal. Source of Zeal is what it is today, but it is not the concept we started with.
1: <laughs> not Was even close.
2: Like five, <laughs> five years ago? Six years ago? Right. However long it's been. Like it is like not the same concept. And then with Simone, what I really appreciate is that she is... A person that is genuinely interested in learning about other people for the sake of learning about other people opposed to more times than not, if someone I meet or I get a call or I get a random email, like they're asking about me because they want to sell me something. They want to ask me about something like there's, there's some, there's a catch to it opposed to the type of podcast that she has. It's like, Hey, I. Understand, or I've heard about what you do. I want to learn more about it, or I want to give you platform to tell others about yourself. Which is exactly like you said, Blue. Like that is the parallel to to what we do and the compliment to what what we do and why we're doing what we're doing. So those are like the two bigger takeaways from those last few episodes.
0: Like when I was speaking to them, for both of them, like just seeing how source connected with both of them, like how you said, Chris. Um, Damon, how he started his, how we started completely two different things, you know, and everything. And then Simone, it was just what she's doing is kind of what we, what we're also trying to do as well in the sense of just constantly, you know, talking with different people, connecting and communicating with different individuals within the community. Um, It's something that I, when I was doing the interviews, I was just like, it's crazy like how you know, we're all connected in that aspect.
2: Yeah, no, I agree with that for sure.
0: Yeah, so now, I mean, we talked about ourselves. We kind of gave everybody an update of what we've been doing, kind of how we've adjusted in these times. And I know we don't know what's going to happen. You know, we don't even know what's going to happen next week. So we can't really say, you know, what are we going to be planning for the future? But I think from, y- from you all's perspective, kind of what do you want to see what kind of what you want to get done this year or what are some of your personal goals for this year um I know of course where everything is happening but kind of goals that you see that can be achieved for yourselves this upcoming year
2: you want to go first blue
1: yeah so I'll go first I would say you mean the upcoming year, I meaning 2021, or are we still talking
0: 2020? <laughs> I say, yeah, I know, like I said, we don't really know because, I mean, we don't know how long we're going to be in here. But I guess we could go into 2020, 2021, I guess within the next 12 to 16 months or so. But, I mean, just in general, like, what are your personal goals that you're trying to achieve moving forward?
1: Uh, I'll say the one thing is um, more of a transparency. So as an artist, the thing that makes your art very impactful is the more of you that's involved in it. And so um, I guess I kind of just being more free and more transparent with my story and with what I'm trying to create in terms of with the art, um, I still do have plans on doing going back home and doing a, a solo show in Philly once things kind of settle down. Um, but I think my focus right now is trying to find a creative way to still um, catapult within the art world um, while also leaving the door open for others to come in and do the same. Um, and then I would say on a personal note is to be more present and not take for granted the things that are right in front of you. For sure. For sure.
2: Yeah, yeah I guess it it is tough really thinking about next week, let alone the rest of 2020. I mean, I came into this year with some pretty heavy, Object, objectives and intentions, um, I still plan on expanding the businesses that um, my sole consultancy and then, of course, expand the business that we have a source, source of zeal. So that's still on the table. It's altered. I think timelines have shifted. I think I've really been pushed to thinking about both businesses differently in the sense of what what the offering should be, what the value is, what are we really trying to achieve? Um, I've been probably on my own journey, if you want to call, it, of trying to be more present for the past going on three years. That is a, 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 that's a struggle that I'll continue to fight just because being present seems like such a, a, a wild theory, but it's so necessary. Obviously, we talk about well-being as well with some of the work that we've done in the past, but uh, really just keying in on that, I'd say still on my list of things to really be completed this year. As for next year, I can't even, I can't even think about next year. I really can't. There's so much that needs to happen for me personally over the next like eight weeks um, for 2020 that that's just where my head is. But I think just trying to take it to an hour at a time, opposed to a day at a time during this pandemic is, is what I've found to be the most successful. So um, really just success, success in more or less entrepreneurship, what we're doing. And I think for what we do what's actually like a driver for me is that it's the challenge of finding those who are doing what they want to do as well and giving them more of a platform i think um, thinking of some other ways of how we can assist and just um filling whatever gaps that we can when it comes to broadening and improving the communities that we live in
0: true true um I guess from my end, it's more of just continuing to, I guess, improve myself. Um, I think coming same thing. I think coming into the year, I had some goals to to reach, some personal goals, some goals work related, and of course now with everything that's happening, that all changes. But I think my personal goals are still there. I still want to improve myself. Um, I decided to attend for my CPA. So, you know, it's just continuing continuing on that and, you know, just finding different ways to improve myself. I know I continuously say that, but like I said before, it's it's something I didn't realize until, you know, sitting down and, and thinking about it was, you know, there's different ways that you can can improve oneself outside of just you know whether it's the physical aspect, just going out running and stuff like that, but it's also just you know trying different things, getting getting into different types of um, educational stuff, more books, uh, looking up different type of courses online and everything of that nature. But that's really that's really what's been my, my goals for 2020. Um, also just, also with Sterling accounting and source, just continuing to grow them. Um, you know, those are things that are close to me for sure. So it's find a way to continuously keep them, keep them up and busy and really just keep myself active. Um, and whenever we able to get outside, hopefully, like a half marathon and actually run and get some medals for that.
1: But uh,
2: yeah. Yeah, good luck with that. You can run, <laughs> you can run mine too.
1: I'll, I'll be on the side cheering you on. I'll bring you uh, some water. <laughs> right.
0: listen, listen, man, I, I would say this the, these times I just realized maybe I am a little crazy because why am I running when I could just literally be inside? <laughs> And just watching TV, you know, watching eating my chips and all that on my couch. But then I decide, you know what? I'm gonna just go outside. And one mile turns to two, two turns to five, and yeah. But it's for sure been a (laughs)
2: can't relate, cannot relate. (laughs) Don't know what that looks like.
1: I feel like you missed your calling as as a distance runner, bro. Maybe, right? Maybe I don't
0: know. But back in the day, I used to. thank y'all for listening to another episode of the source of zeal podcast remember if you want to leave any feedback or any thoughts or anything hit us up on our ig facebook and twitter at source of zeal also send us an email podcast at source also don't forget to subscribe share rate and review this podcast we would greatly appreciate it so everyone until next time peace